this is everyday living, okay? And we are talking about the everyday things. We're talking about the everyday things that affect your everyday life, okay? So yesterday, who was here yesterday? Give me a wave. I don't believe you because there were 380 people here yesterday, so there must have been more of you than these four. Who was here yesterday? Give me a wave. Great. What did we talk about yesterday? What did we talk about? Self-care. Self-care. Who has been looking after themselves since yesterday? Me. I had a nap. A nap. Like, that's proper grown-up. When you're little, you think, I'm never going to nap again. And then when you get older, you think, I wish I could nap more. Naps are holy and anointed. They are of the Lord. Thank you. Naps are of the Lord, Isabel says. Of the Lord. So, I am Carolyn. Uh, this is my daughter, Isabel. Hello. Uh, it's one of my claims to fame is that I gave birth to Isabel. Thank you very much. Um, Alfie, Alfie didn't know. Alfie, Alfie didn't, didn't know, know didn't that know. we were mother and daughter. You didn't know. Do you know which one's the mother and which one's the daughter, Alfie? Just check. Great. Okay. So uh, we are running the Everyday Living Workshop stream for the week. This is not a seminar. If you wanted to be in a seminar, you are welcome to leave now. This is a workshop, which means that you are going to be doing the work. Okay? Are you ready to do the work? Great. So today we are talking about should I stay single? And um, I have got, where is all my stuff? I've got stuff here. I've got stuff. I've got some stuff. While, while mum gets her stuff ready, just to, for those of you who um, haven't been here before, can you hear me at the back? Give me a whoop whoop if you can hear me at the back. Great, that's a great time. Um, it, for those of you who haven't been here before, this is, because this is a workshop, and because um, if you're like me and are super neurodivergent and can't pay attention to anything and have the, uh, the attention span of a goldfish, um, we, hey twins come on um, we we want to make this a space where you can feel as comfortable as you possibly can so that means that if you pay attention best by not making eye contact you don't need to make eye contact if you are an introvert like I am whoop whoop um, and you're you hate speaking to strangers like I do whoop whoop um, and it's really really hard to have conversations in your groups you may have a conversation with your phone everyone give a whoop for the phones Wow, I'm really disappointed. Not as many. The introverts many. aren't shouting because oh, they're introverts. Sorry, I, I asked too much of you. I apologise. So you can get your phones out. You can write notes on your phone. Um, if you're someone like me, this is a little sneaky sneak. I uh, pay attention better when I play games on my phone. Don't tell the youth leaders, but I do. Um, so if that means that you need to play a game on your phone, if you need to do something that helps you to focus, you are allowed to do that. This is the space for you to do that. Um, I've missed something, and I know I have. Nope. That's good. Great. So we Text are going to be asking you to talk to each other a lot. But when we say talk to each other, we do mean that if that's too hard for you, maybe the subject matter is too hard for you, or just you're feeling a bit too anxious about talking to the person next to you, the grown-up or the little person next to you, you can talk to your phone because we have this incredible revelation, Jesus can read. I know, incredible. So Jesus knows what you're writing and he hears your heart and we're going for that, okay, 100%. But before we do that, um, we would like to see if you can beat the panel, okay? So are you ready to try and beat the panel? Okay, I realise they've got no paper. They've got no paper to beat the panel. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm going to ask the panel a question. I'm going to get them to write down. 
Okay, I'm going to ask the panel a question. And my question to the panel, let's see if it comes up on the next slide. No, it does not. No, it does not. There you go. Anyway, my question to the panel is, is how many times, how many times this year have Isabel and Alfie been asked, are you still single? Okay, this is Alfie. Oh, my bad. This is Alfie and this is Isabel. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you about Alfie now because he's going to tell you about Alfie later. Uh, introductions are boring. You don't need someone else to tell you about someone else. You get to talk about yourself here. Okay? So, the question is, how many times this year have Isabel and Alfie been asked, are you still single? So, in your group, your group, your bucket group needs to come up with one number. One number. And the one who is closest will win a prize. Sorry. I've now just had three extra people ask me in the last two <laughs> seconds, am I still single? Are you still single? Okay. Okay. Okay, I need your one representative. Shh. Okay, you should have agreed your number now. Okay, your representative should have picked their number. Okay, your representative's picked your number. Please stand up, the rep for each bucket group. Stand up, one rep each group. Stand up, one rep for each bucket group. Okay, are you ready? Okay, come on up. Okay, your reps need to come up front. Quick, 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 quick. Otherwise, I won't have time for all your answers. This is not quick, guys. You can move way faster than that, honestly. There should only be one, one rep for each group. So if there are 30 people, that's too many. Okay. Let me see your number. Okay, let me see your number. Okay. All right. Here we go. Tell me your number. Come all the way up, all the way up. 15. 15. No, that's no good. Sit down. Keep coming. 25. 25. Oh, no, stay. You go. Come on, come on. Keep coming. 20. 20. No. Gonna go for a strong 26. 26. No. Keep coming. 95. 95. You can stay. You can stay. Keep coming. 17. No, sit down. You can't change your number now. You can't change your number now. No, you're disqualified because I saw you changing your number. Come on, no cheaters, mate. 30. 30. No, that's no good. 64. 64. Mm, okay, you can stay. 16. 16, no. Keep coming. Quick, 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 quick. 100. 100, I think you cheated. Go and sit down. Come on. How many 
We were gonna say. No, no, don't. Well, I don't know what you, what you were gonna say. I want to know what you said. I said Sixteen. Sixteen. No. Eighty-four. Eighty-four. You can stay. I don't know if he's cheating, but he did it confidently, didn't he? Okay. One hundred and five. One hundred and five. No, it's too much. Go on, sit down. Fifty. Fifty. No, keep going. There are way more people than there are groups here. Do you know this? Okay. How much? Seventy-eight. Seventy-one. Seventy-eight. You're the last one. Eighty. Eighty. Okay. There are the two. There weren't this many groups, guys. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Oh. Oh. Oh, she's genuine in your group. Let me see your piece of paper. Let me see your piece of paper. Seventy-eight. Ooh, you can stay. Okay. Isabel, can you show? Tell us. Show us your number, Isabel. How many times have you been asked this year? Are you Still single? I said at least 85 times. 85 times. 85. So, so 105. Mm, no. And gone. What was yours, Alfie? I lost, ca- I lost count, but at least 50. 50. Okay. So if you were less than 70, sit down. Oh, they're trying to, no cheating. There we go. If you were less than 75, sit down. If you were less than 80, sit down. Ooh, you were 87, weren't you? 80 exactly. You were 84. 95, sit down. So who's closest? 80, and what was your number? 85, 84, sit down. Oh, but I'll tell you what. Take that with you. Okay. He got it on the button, on the button. Where's your group? Holler, 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 holler. Okay. You are taking with you a case of Sprite, a tub of roses, and a box of crisps. Don't See ever say we don't treat you right. There you go. Okay. I've lost my notes. How clever of me. Okay, so I'm making up as I go along now because I've lost my notes. That's very clever. So today we are talking about staying single, and I'm going to give you a disclaimer. I'm not single, okay? In fact, I'm quite far from single because I've been married 31 years. I'm looking at my husband at the back. He didn't give me a thumbs down, which means I got the number right. So I've been married 31 years. But here's something really interesting. I have three children. And when my children were little, God spoke to me about singleness. I was like, "Mm, I'm not single, God. Why are you talking to me? It's not my problem. But God spoke to me about singleness. And he asked me, did I want to raise my children according to the word? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. I'm all for that. Let's go. And what I realize is that the Bible talks about marriage mm, about this much. And the church talks about marriage about this much. We talk about marriage a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, lot. and a bit more. And actually, that's not how much the Bible talks about marriage. And so God asked me if I wanted to raise my children the way, according to the Bible, would I raise my children to be single? That's a bit for the grown-ups in the room. Can I raise my children to be single? Because that's God's calling. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means. But first, I'm going to let our 
mini panel this morning, introduce themselves and tell me a little bit about, tell me your name, who you are and your single journey. I'll go first. Okay, great. Hi, my name is Isabel. Hello, 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 hello. Um, I am 25 years of age. Yes, I am. Um, I'm 25 years old. Um, I have, what am I supposed to be saying? Great. ADHD, guys, not going to remember anything. Um, my single journey. So, I have been single my entire life. Um, I've never dated. Um, not necessarily intentionally, but just have never dated. Well, not intentionally dated. We'll talk about that at a low point. I've been on accidental dates, but that's a separate story um, for a different time. Um, I Yeah, so I've never been in a, uh, a purposeful relationship. Let's put it like that. Um, and, yeah, I, I had always thought that I would get married and be in a relationship and when I was younger I decided at about roughly the age of 11 that I was like oh what I really want is to start dating at 16 and then I'll get married at 18 because that's like a really good age to be married and then I'll wait two years and then I'll have kids because I'll be like a mature adult because in my head at 11 if you were 20 you might as well have been 85 that's literally that it didn't it just tied together that was the whole thing um hit 16 realized that 18 is extremely young to get married and thought oh let me be more reasonable I'll get married at 20 and then I'll have children at 22 and I was like that's like a really really reasonable thing to do um and went to a very, very good friend of mine's wedding, um, someone who I love dearly. And uh, during their wedding and during their vows, I really felt like God quite clearly speak to me about, which again, we'll get into a little bit more, but about the covenant that is required. So the promise that is required when you are married. And I really felt like God asked me, I was about 17 or 18 at the time. And I really felt clearly that God asked me, are you ready to make a promise like that for the rest of your life right now? And I was like, oh no, I'm not. Like, I I don't actually think I have the capacity to take the journey that these other people have taken. And, um, yeah, from that point, God just really took me on this journey of embracing being single, um, enjoying being single, put me with a lot of people around me who have yeah helped me to get to a point where I can be happy and single, mostly, mostly. Cool. Um, you'll have to forgive me. I've lost my voice. The football game <laughs> was a madness last night. Um, my name's Alfie. I'm from the East End of London. I went to East End Church. Um, is that two people here sick? Um, oh, three, sorry. Uh, I now go to King's Church Hastings. That's a, that's a bit better. Um, and I am also 25. Um, thank you. Um, I've never had a relationship. I've never even kissed a girl. Um, and, yeah, so I think that's, that's been an interesting little journey, especially the last seven years since moving to Hastings, um, I did an impact year there, and I learned a lot about well, what I want, what that, what I'm kind of desiring, and it's been a bit of a journey to get there, I won't lie. Um, it's been ups and downs, but it's been, I'd like to say, an authentic journey as well. So, yeah. So... You, you're in this journey of singleness. 
um, and you're living your everyday's lives. But does Jesus really care about your singleness? No, I'm kidding. No, he does. He really does. Um, yeah, I no, yeah, I, I, I do believe, and we, we have proof in the Bible that do, that God, that dog, that God does care of us. Goodness, um, and there are lots of stories in the Bible, but I think one of the things that has has always really stuck out for me is that um, when we hear about these amazing people in the Bible who have done phenomenal things for God, um, the things that they have done is not reliant on their relationship status. It's got, it's actually like, it's great and it's wonderful and you've got a wife or you've got a husband and these people do these things, but it's actually, God, God doesn't put this focus on these people were married and so therefore the Lord poured out from them miracles and greatness and all this other kind of stuff. And I think one of the um, biggest things that sticks out is the fact that Jesus was single and Jesus died at, how old was he? 36, 35, 36, roughly? 33? Good Lord, 33, great. Um, and never, never been married, never had sex, never kissed a girl, had always been single and hadn't spent his life going and yes, my disciples, when you get married and have wives, then you may go to the ends of the earth and evangelize, then God's going to move through you. It was, he's here to do God's work on earth. He's here to be obedient to God and his relationship status actually doesn't have anything to do with that. So I think that God sets us clear examples of what great marriage looks like but he also shows us that actually when being single is your default it's not it's not a disability it's not it's not something that's bad and I think we've we we chatted about this I guess a little bit with the self-care stuff of actually God is very very intentional about the way that he creates us and and the situations and context that he puts us in and I think it's important I'm moving on to a slightly separate point, but I think it's, it's God shows lots in throughout the Bible of the importance of just utilizing the point that you're at rather than trying to strive for the next section. Um, trying to follow on to that from that. Um, <coughs> I think what Isabel said, that's spot on. Um, I think what Carolyn obviously said earlier about how the church often talk about marriage like a gigantic amount compared to how much it is actually in the Bible compared to singleness. And not only that, but how much actually society is kind of forcing this agenda of actually you need you need to find someone. Um, that's that's going to be a daily battle. Um, I appreciate that. <clears throat> but it doesn't mean... It doesn't mean we have to do that battle alone either. I think that the Bible says at the start that two become one. That don't that when, when when two people get married, that's two become one. That don't mean the halves become whole. That's not marriage ain't gonna complete you. Um what what it, what it's all about, I think I was at a wedding the other day, they're not in the room right now, but um uh the the pastor said actually, um this isn't a marriage of two, this is a marriage of three because you're getting God involved. And for us as single people, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly that. It's just kind of like, we, it, we're in a community already. We need to be in a relationship with Jesus. And yes, God knows it's not going to be easy. Yes, God knows it's going to be a bit of a battle. But actually, he's going to do it alongside us. If you've invited Jesus into your life, 
which if you haven't, I would highly suggest you do. Um, but if, yeah, if you are a Christian, then all of a sudden you have a relationship that should satisfy more than anything else. Uh, so one more question from me before we go to the young people. Um, but aren't you lonely? Because, you know, you're single. That means alone, desolate, desperate, you know, just... I think people have got their image, haven't they, of single people just sitting at home, just rocking on a chair by themselves with 15 cats. Sorry if you like cats. Um, you know, aren't you, how, how does Jesus practically... Are you lonely? And how does Jesus practically help you if you are? Um, to be honest, yes, sometimes yes. Um, sometimes yes, I'm lonely. Um, I, I think one of the things that I have learned is actually um, people who are married also get lonely. That's not like, just because you live with someone, um, just because you're married to someone, just because you're living your life with someone, it doesn't mean that you don't get lonely. You can be surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of people and feel lonely. So being lonely doesn't actually mean that you are alone, if that makes sense, right? So yes, I do get lonely. And yes, there are some times where I'm like, oh, I'd really like to like go on a date. Like, I'd really like to have someone who was like into me and like date. But it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the thing that I feel is right for me. So I think there is, a, there is a little bit of a difference between I feel lonely, I am lonely, which isn't always the same thing. And also, oh, because I feel lonely, therefore I should head in a direction that is going to be me trying to stop myself from feeling lonely, which doesn't necessarily mean that that's what God wants you to do. Sometimes the, the, when you have these moments of loneliness, the thing that you need to do is lean back into the Lord and be like, hey God, I'm, I, this feels sucky. Do you know what I mean? I feel like really crappy and I feel really alone and I feel like no one really gets what's going on or where I'm at. And I think, I think one of the things in terms of like God helping me through that, one of the things that I learned to ask myself is why do you feel lonely and what is it that would fix that why do you want why do you feel right now that you want to go on a date why do you feel right now that you want to be in a relationship not that there's anything wrong with that but what what is it is it that hey I've got feelings for this person I think that we're compatible I think that this is a person that God wants me to be with or is it that I actually just really want a friend right now I actually just really want to talk to someone and for for a lot of times for me it's, it's been this moment of like, I just really want to have someone to chat to who just like gets me and I don't need to like work for it. And I usually at those points, I'm like, oh, okay, I should call a friend or I should go and organize to get coffee with someone and, or I need to just pray and like get back into the Bible and be like, okay, God, I need to chat to someone. No one else is around. So let's chat let's have a conversation so I think yes I do I get lonely um it no it's not the the be all and end all of 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 everything else I'll be honest you hit the nail on the head right there um yeah is it exactly that it's yes and no I think yes I do feel lonely yes I am well if I'm being completely honest I will feel if I yeah if I'm being authentic I'm gonna feel lonely often and I have felt lonely often, and it does it is again a bit of a battle there. Um, but no, in the sense that I should, I need to be intentional. That like Isabel said, um, I need to be intentional with just 
yeah, meeting meeting guys in my church, but like, and that's something I've had to do this last year. Uh, this is probably been one of the more lonely years I've had, but um, but actually I've had to be intentional. I've got a couple of mates, like a couple of married couples and stuff. Actually, there's a guy Jack we used to go running together. He broke his leg, so he just started cooking me dinners and stuff instead. But um, but yeah, like good good friends to kind of cook you food and stuff. There's that. Um, and just get involved in a community, being being in relationship with other people, um, uh, and not only not only just getting in getting in relationship um, or being in community with people in your church, but actually again just that intimacy that only Jesus can provide. Again, often, too often, I know in my life I've had my identity my identity is how a girl sees me, or how a girl feels about me or how I treat a girl or is this girl going to lie me or whatever um, but actually my identity should be rooted in Christ who is unchanging and and he does definitely love me a lot more than any, any other girl can provide me um, so I need yeah I think that intimacy is something that is desperately needed something that's desperately I should be desperately almost clawing at, clawing at. and and not only that but even when I still feel lonely, like I've got someone, I've got, I've got God to turn around to, go and go, you know, Jesus, drag me through this. This is horrible right now. And it, yeah, I need you in this. And then that's when he obviously, yeah, he meets you when you're at your lowest. Can I just add a little thing? Um, I I was the person who was terrified that I was going to be 90 years old and living with 15 cats in a house by myself, like ter- terrified. And when I used to think about my future and think about having the concept of having a future where I didn't have a partner with me, it would like bring me to, t- I would like spiral in a massive way. And I think um, I think God took me on a, on a real, real journey of what it looks like, one, to be fully reliant on him, what it looks like to actually be able to honestly say God is all that I need in in all areas of my life he is literally my companion and I don't mean that not in like a oh poor Isabel she needs the Lord like her companion oh she has no friends but like a genuine like I enjoy spending time with God I enjoy having moments of of intimacy with God and being able to call God my friend and my father and my companion um but I think one of the other things, and I, someone said this to me a while ago, and it's kind of come up over the last few years as well. But someone said, if your reason for wanting to be in a relationship or for being in a relationship is because you're lonely or is because you can't imagine a future by yourself, that's too much pressure to put on one person. Like your partner, or if, if any of you do date, which there's nothing wrong with dating, your partner is not meant to be your whole world your partner is not meant to be your best friend and also your closest confidant and also the person that like knows you inside and out and also the person you go shopping with and also the person who cooks for you and also the person who takes it it's not there's a reason that we have friendships and there's a reason that God puts other people in our lives it's because we're built to be in community we're not built to just live life with one person and so if you're going into 
a relationship. And I think this is something that I had to realize. If I'm, if I'm going, I want to be in a relationship because I feel lonely or because I feel like I need someone, I'm setting unrealistic expectations on another person who also has their own goals and their own things and their own wants in life. And it, it can cause a lot of friction and a lot of, of strife. And so I think I, I realized that if I was ever going to date or if I was ever going to be in a relationship, that I had to settle in my heart that I'd be willing to let it go. And so I spent like a good two years of just going, God, get me to a point where I can imagine my future being single for the rest of my life, never being married, never having a partner, never having any, like anyone in a romantic sense with me and help me to feel content with that. And I think it's when I reached that point when I was like, I actually genuinely enjoy being single. I enjoy the things that come with singleness. Wow. Um, okay, so <coughs> I said there's a workshop. You ready to do some work? Woo. Yeah, you, if, even if you're not, you're going to. So, uh, okay, so if you, you've got a bucket in your circle, please wave at me if you haven't got a bucket. Okay, you haven't got a bucket. You need to go and join a group that has a bucket. It's that simple. Come on. Come on, everyone's looking at you now. You're going to have to get up and join a group that's got a bucket. Well done. Great. Okay, so in your bucket, listen up, listen up, listen up. In your bucket, you have got six scriptures, okay, so six different points from the Bible and three questions. And what we would love you to do is to talk about, use those as prompts to talk about singleness, to talk about some of the things that um, Alfie and Isabel have just raised. You don't have to, guys, you really need to listen. Shh. You don't have to use those prompts. They are there to help you. You may already have things on your heart that you think, oh my gosh, that's made me think of this and I want to talk to someone about it. So you might want to break into smaller groups within your group, but use the buckets if you need help. There is a phone number on the screen here. There's a phone number on the screen here. And we are answering your text questions. Shh. I'm telling them to shush now as well, honestly. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, we are answering your questions. So text us the questions that come up in your group. <coughs> also text us if you've got questions from yesterday, if you've got questions from tomorrow. But the other thing I really want to say is we are here and the red caps are over here. We are here to pray for you. Okay, so if there's anything that comes up over these days and you think, I don't actually want to talk about it, I just need someone to pray for me, please come and see us. So in your groups, have a prompt. You've got 10 minutes, 10 minutes. It's a great time if you've got your thoughts, think I need, I'm going to ping across a text. If you want to do that, we will answer as many questions as we can today, but can you hear me at the back? We will answer as many questions as we can today, but we will answer every single text over the next couple of weeks, okay? So even if you leave and you think, oh, I wish I'd asked this. You can ask and we will answer every single text. That is our absolute promise to you. Okay? Please don't then send me the same text a hundred times and make me say the same thing a hundred times. But 
get your phones out. Do put that number into your phone. Because I know what it's like. You walk away and you're like, oh, but what about this? And you want to ask that question. Okay? They will keep coming. Okay. Okay. We're going to go to some of the texts that have come through. Um, They're going to read the text because I haven't got my glasses and I can't see the writing. Um, Okay, cool. Um, So what was the first one that we read? Oh, someone asked and said that they are in a relationship with someone and they love them, but they don't think that the other person loves them back. Should they break up with them or should they wait for the person to break up with them? Does that make sense in the room? Great, cool. Um, You want to start? I have thoughts. Um, (laughs) um, Okay, in in a blunt way, I'm going to be blunt first and then I'm going to explain why. In a blunt way, um, your standards for yourself are too low. I'm being really, really blunt, right? And I'm going to explain why your standards for yourself are too low. Um, when, when God creates you as a person, like, it's not like a, like a blasé thing of like, oh, casual, I'm just like going to create a casual person and they can just like go about your life and like be casual. Like, if you make something, like if you've created something, that thing is precious to you, that thing's really important to you. And so it's really important that you are also precious to yourself. And I think we, again, we covered this a little bit yesterday in self-care. It is important to value yourself. It's bib- thank you. It's biblical to value yourself, right? It's bi- it's important to love yourself. So why would you be in a relationship with someone who doesn't love you? If I was friends with someone, which I've had, I've had this, I've had friendships where we're friends and we're getting on and something shifts in the relationship. And I had this with a uni friend. We were really, really close, and he changed as a person and just became really horrible like just an just horrible and I don't know why I don't know what happened I don't know why that was and for a long time I was really like no like we're friends we're really really close friends we've been through a lot together we see each other all the time in uni and I really tried and I think there's nothing wrong with trying I think it's okay to push things but I reached a point where I was like I can I can't give you anything else without you giving something back. And relationships are two-sided. It's not just like, oh, one person goes, let me give you all the things. And then the other person's like, thank you for all the things. I'll be leaving right now. That's not how it works. Like, there is, there is a, a level of contract, I guess, to it in terms of you, I give and you receive. And in different stages, different people have different capacities. So it might be that this week I can give you everything and you can give me a little bit. And it might be that next week you can give me everything and I can give you a little bit. Or maybe it's, a, it's more even or maybe it's 60-40. But I think if you are identifying that a person you're in a relationship with doesn't reciprocate your feelings or have feelings in the same way, my first thing would be speak to them. And be honest and say, because if you can't be honest in your relationship, you shouldn't be dating. Um, Be honest with them and say, hey, this is how I feel about you. Where are you at? Or, hey, um, this is where I think our relationship is going. Where do you think our relationship is going? Are we on the same page? And talk from there. But I would also say, 
lift your standards for yourself. And I, particularly girls, I want, I'm being very, very specific now. Girls, your standards for yourself are way too low. Like way, way, way too low. And I'm not saying what you expect from a partner. I'm saying what you expect that you deserve as a person. Your standards are too low. The amount of people that have said, oh, you should date so-and-so because he's nice. Nice is the bare minimum. Nice is a goldfish, literally. Nice is a dog. Nice is nothing. What, what else are you bringing to the table apart from being nice? I don't know how you behave with anybody else around me. I don't know what, you're, what you're else you're doing. Nice is, you're literally asking me to settle for this. I wouldn't even say it's a bare minimum. Nice is just like a human being. Human beings should be nice. People who aren't nice is like, who, what? Why would I speak to you? It's, sorry, I'm going on a rant, but I'll get, you can you finish off. Uh, I do. She does go on a rant. Uh, uh, also, I, I just want to just... You can applaud her if you want to. That's fine. I, I want to say, because we didn't touch on this earlier, okay? Predominantly, this room is 12 to 14. I realise there'll be some older people in this room, um, some 15 to 19, some adults. Predominantly, it's 12 to 14, okay? Um, in any... In any relationship situation in dating the question is why why are you dating okay because God is saying single or married okay and we're telling you that he's mostly saying single you know statistically even if you weren't a Christian you will spend more of your life single do you realize that more of your life single you're more likely to be single than you are to be married okay um, but why, why at 12 to 14 do you need to date? Because you're a long way from marriage, okay? Why do you need to be in an exclusive relationship with somebody when you're at this age? And my answer really, if I go into full sorry mumsy mode, is you don't, Okay? So the first thing you really say to yourself is, why? Even if I meet somebody, okay, in year eight or year nine, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the person of my dreams. Totally God is speaking to me right now, divinely, it's right, writing in the sky, every prophecy has come and said, this is the person I'm going to marry. Do you need to date them? Do you need to date them now? Because you're still a long way from marriage. Friendship is glorious. It is beautiful and it is wonderful. And it is the greatest way you would ever find to get to know someone. So I would encourage you in every way possible to choose friendship over exclusive relationships at this point. Cool. So the next question is, oh, my voice feels better now. Um, why does it feel like a failure if you haven't dated slash kissed anyone in this current time because often I feel left out or feel like I've failed at being a teenager because I'm single? Yeah, exactly. It's a good question. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I am, I've got to a point where I'm now proud that I've never kissed anyone. And uh, there's guys at work and that kind of... When I say that, my jaw drops, and it's become a bit of my testimony, actually, uh, when, I'm, when I'm talking to uh, non-Christians, 
And because I've, I think you've got to get to a point where, like I said earlier, like society is telling you that in order to be complete, in order to be satisfied, you needed to be accepted by <clears throat> and, uh, people around you, people like uh, p- your, your peers or whatever, or m- most importantly in this case is uh, you're going to find someone, you're going to settle down, and you're going to be satisfied that way because that's how it goes. It's actually, it is not how it goes. Like I said earlier, the two become one, not the halves become whole. And I think not only that, but actually if you can, if you can turn around and say, actually, my testimony is actually Jesus is more important to, uh, to me than, than anyone else. Then that's, uh, if you if you got people if you are single and you've uh, you're in a, a non-Christian environment which I bet all of you are, um, you you have you have an opportunity there to actually make their jaw drop and actually say you know I'm I'm gonna make um, the, the, I want to make a difference here I want to be a light in the darkness I'm gonna treat I'm gonna treat the other sex differently to how society tells me I'm gonna treat them and people are gonna start noticing that as well. I think that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. I think just to add, uh, you can clap if you want to clap. Sorry, I'm interrupting people's claps. Great job. Um, I think just to just to add just a tiny bit. Um, I blame Hollywood. Um, a lot of things that in life, I blame Hollywood. Hollywood, or when I say Hollywood, I mean movies, TV shows, everything. Um, over romanticizes romance. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So we, they turn romance into this grand spectacle that is the most beautiful thing that you could have ever seen in your entire life. And, and when you find that person and they're with you and when they kiss you and, and the sparks in your stomach go off and it's fireworks in the sky and I've never loved anyone more in my entire life. And it, it turns into, that's not real. Like genuinely, that's not real. That's not a real thing. You can kiss someone and like properly kiss someone you could be a phenomenal kisser and it's dead and it means nothing do you know what I mean we know this we know that there are people who date casually or have sex casually it doesn't mean anything it's not like a badge of honor to wear because we turn it into this like big grand romantic thing and then it's like oh well you have to achieve these things to get up the ladder of the relationship but then we don't actually look at the character of the person that you're talking to right kissing is great I'm sure I assume I don't know is it good she said, it's okay. Great. Kissing is okay, according to the married woman. Sorry, dad. Um, kissing is okay, apparently. Um, and and it's, it's okay. It's cool. But that's not the relationship, right? There are lots of other things that go on in a romantic relationship. There's far more than kissing. And if you speak to married people, I'm talking about people that have been together for a long time, that know what it's like to love one another through the thick and thin and all the other kind of stuff, they will tell you the best part of their relationship is not the kissing. The best part of their relationship is not the sex, sorry to be blunt. The best part of their relationship is not like all the other bits and bobs or the dates or whatever. The best part of the relationship is I get to spend time with this person. So I think if you feel like you're flopping as a teenager because you haven't kissed someone or because you haven't dated enough or whatever, that's, that's not the goal. And, and what you have been told is a goal in life is a lie. Someone's lied to you. So I apologize that they lied to you. Um, I think that um, I think that you need to remember if you're a Christian um, that you're a powerful human being 
okay? And that Christianity has set many trends um, and the way that this country moves, okay? And you actually, you don't have to bend to the trends that are around you, okay? You don't have to bend to the trend that says, oh my gosh, weirdo, you haven't kissed anyone. You can actually go, do you know what? I often describe myself, I do lots of public talking, I talk in lots of amazing places, and I often say, hello, my name's Carolyn Bain, I'm a disruptor, okay? Because that's what I do, is I come to shake things up, I come to turn things around, I come to make it look a bit different, and that you have the power. I, don't, I wasn't born with a superpower, that's the authority that Christ has given me, okay? And if you love Jesus... He has given you that authority as well. You don't have to bend to the trend. You are the trend, okay? You are the ones that decide this is what's going to happen, okay? As young people, you are deciding, okay, what most people wear, right? You set trends. You brought Crocs back. I mean, shame on you, but as grown-ups, we're trying to forgive you. We really are, aren't we, Martin? Yeah, but you set trends, right? And you know that. You set trends in other ways. Like, you set trends with your hairstyle. You know, if, you, if you're a young black person in this room, you pull Afro back, man. You made it good again, right? You've done amazing things. Don't limit your power, okay? Don't limit what you can do by thinking, I need to bend to what everyone else is doing. You can be the Alfie draw do- dropper, Okay, you can leave and go. I'm gonna drop drawers like drop, drop jaws. Hallelujah! I'm gonna drop jaws like Alfie, right? Just by saying, "This is who I am." You're not. All you're doing is going, "Hey, I choose not to be fake," and that is amazing. And that is the power that Jesus has given you. Um, I'm gonna throw this one to you, um, if you want to. Um, why do we need to build a relationship with God when we're told that he loves us the most? I'll give you a second. Why do we need to build a relationship with God when he told us he loves us the most? Well, somebody's already almost answered that question because somebody said, um, you know, what be, about being in a relationship where only one person loves. Now, loving... Loving anything, okay, feels good, right? Who loves ice cream, right? I'm telling you, man. My husband will tell you I love ice cream. I eat ice cream almost every day. I'm not joking. I love ice cream. And I'm not eating ice cream this very second. There is no ice cream near me. I don't even know if I can get ice cream this week. Meryl, can you get me ice cream this week? Because I've just thought about it and now I'm missing it. Um, So... I'm not, I have got no ice cream now, but actually, even the thought of my love of ice cream is making me feel good right now, right? It, I, feel, I feel good about, I know I love ice cream. It makes me feel warm. I'm like, I know I'm going to have some ice cream because I've just hinted to my husband. Um, uh, he probably won't get it for me, but anyway. Uh, you know, so loving and giving love is good. It is good. It is so good. Now, you've got a friend that you love. You might have a parent that you love. You might have a teacher you love. There are, uh, there are human beings in your life that you love, and you know how that feels for you. 
they're just human beings. God does already love you. He does already love you. And if you are receiving God's love, oh my, hallelujah. That is so good. Honestly, I can't, I can't even begin to stress to you how glorious, how glorious it is to sit in the love of God. To sit in the love of him who made everything. Everything. It is glorious. And when you sit in that love, you will want to love him in return. You just will. You won't need to ask that question. So I'm, I'm just going to throw this out and say, if you are the person who texts that, please come and see me afterwards. I would love to pray for you. That's good. Okay. Um, sorry, I've got a multiple parter. I'm just reading through. Um, if you like someone, but you know they aren't a Christian, what should you do? This is part one. Also, what do you do if you date someone that is older than you by a couple of years? Hold on. What if my friend... Oh, hold on. Oh, this is the last one. Also, what should I do when you tell your friends who your crush is, but you don't want to date them, but your friends always push you to? There you go. There's so many things. Like someone who's not Christian, older than you by a couple of years, telling your friends about your crushes. Okay, great. Okay. So what's my one again? Like someone who's not a Christian. Like someone who's not a Christian. Um, don't do it. Um, that's it. That's the end. No. Um, if you're, I'm, I'll be honest. I have gone on dates with non-Christians. It happens. Um, sometimes through just impulse, sometimes it just, I don't know, good convo, good banner, you know, it happens. Um, I'm not saying you can't go out for a coffee with someone, and I'm not saying that it can't work if you're in a relationship with a non-Christian. Sometimes it happens. It's not easy. It's really not easy. Uh, like I said, I've been on, I've been on d- dates before with them, it ain't been pretty. Um, yes, I've never kissed anyone, but I've never. I have had a couple of links in that sense. Um, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not been pretty. But the fact is, imagine you're on a stool, yeah, and they're on the floor, like or a chair, or whatever. It's far easier for them to pull you down than for them to pull you up. And if you're if you're calling yourself a follower of Christ here, you've got there are standards that Christ has set, and there is there's there's choices you've got to make that a non-Christian isn't going to be able to do. Even the way even when I when I started working in that in in a non-Christian environment, even I, I realized even on my mindset on money, my mindset on my mindset on relationships, my mindset on death is is completely different. Because I have a hope in Jesus Christ. Because I have an eternal, my, my heart's been, or is it, I've got a heart, eternity written on my heart, that's the one. And so, all of a sudden, all your, your perspective, how you raise your kids, how you handle money is going to be so different to someone who doesn't believe Jesus, believe in Jesus. So yeah, that, that's it really, just it's, just it's just a slippery slope. It's just a very, very, very risky thing. But yeah, that's that.
Can I add a tiny, tiny bit? I can't add. Okay, we're going to run out of time. I'll text you. Great. Um, do you want to do the two years older thing? That's what was second. No, you've got the oh, yes. I'm doing the older. Um, it was older until your friends, wasn't it? No, yeah. I'm trying to do it. Okay, so, so confusing. So many questions. Um, <laughs> so the question is, what do you do if you want to date someone that's older than you? Two years older than you. Um, so... If you're under 14, why are you dating? Then I just said that already. Like, that's my answer. Um, just, you just don't need to be dating. Honestly, that's the answer. So many of these things are dilemmas because you're not ready. And your heart is going, but I am because I love them. That's okay. Do you know what? You can love someone and not date them. It's, it's not, it, it's hard but you can. You can love someone and not date them. And you can wait. And you can wait. And that's okay. Because the temptations, okay, if you are 14 and you are dating a 16-year-old, and if we put all of these things together, um, so you're 14 and you're dating a 16-year-old who's not a Christian, can you see where this is going? Okay, because for one person... Sex is legal. For one person, sex is not legal. For one person, spiritually and faith-wise, sex is not an option. For the other person, sex is an option. Can you see where this is going? This is not, you know, um, Alfie gave the um, picture of a stool. You know, you're on a big stool and, and that's a long way to fall. And it hurts when you fall, I'll tell you. It hurts bad. And those wounds, we talked about scars and wounds last night. If someone comes up to you and says, hey, um, what I'm going to do is I've got this razor blade. I'm just going to slice your arm from here to here. It'll hurt, but after a while it'll stop hurting and you'll get over it. You'd go, no. Why would I do that? Don't open yourself to wounds that you don't need to ever have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, am I saying this is the last one that we're answering? Yeah. Oh, great, this is the last one we're answering in this room. We will, um, we will respond, like mum said, we will respond to all the other texts um, over the next couple of weeks or so. Um, so the question was about, um, what do I do if I have a crush and my friends know that I have a crush and I don't want to date my crush, but my friends want me to date my crush? Basically, I'm really paraphrasing. Um... I answered it a bit yesterday, and we were talking about it from a self-care perspective. But I actually think it's the same thing. Um, I guess, quick story. Um, when I was 17, I think that I fell in love with this guy. I don't know if I was in love. That's a different conversation. I think that I fell in love with this guy. He was 23, um, which in hindsight, I'm now like, whoa, that's a really, really big... A anyway, really big age gap. Um, I told my friends that I really, and at the time it was a crush, right? It was genuinely just a crush. I told my friends that I liked this guy and I'd mentioned it to them. I also told my parents, right? When I told my parents that I liked this guy, um, my parents' response was, okay. And I was like, cool. And I was like, so should I do anything? They were like, no. And I was like, oh, so, so like, uh, where do you think this is going? They're like, I don't know. 
Like, why? I don't know. Do you want to date him? I was like, well, yeah. And they were like, does he want to date you? I was like, I don't know. And they were like, oh, okay. That's it. That was, that was basically the end of the conversation, right? Pretty much. And one of the things that had come up, I think, as we got further along was mum um, had said to me further down the line was, are you pacing yourself? Are you pacing yourself in the way that, in your feelings for this person, are you letting your feelings get ahead of you and run you, or are you running your feelings? When I told my friends um, that I liked this guy, bearing in mind we were 17, so we're younger and it's a little bit different now, but when I told my friends, it was very like, oh my gosh, you guys would make the cutest couple in the entire world. Can you imagine what your babies would look like? Oh my gosh, when you get married, can I be your bridesmaid? Can I do this? Oh, like, he should hang out with my boyfriend and we should go on double dates. We're not dating. This is a crush. I've just literally just gone, I think I like this dude. That's it. That's the end of the conversation. And what happened is over the next year and a half... It just grew and grew and grew. So anytime I was in a room with this guy, they're like giggling and like patting me and being like, oh my gosh, look, he's over there. Oh, he looked at you. Oh, he spoke to you. And it, they just gas you up, which I love being gassed up. It's a great time, but it's, it's not for every situation. And um, it, it just, it got to the point where my feelings were so out of control where I was like, I have to tell you what's going on. Otherwise I'm going to, explode so I had to send him a message and be like I think that I'm in love with you I'm not 100% sure if I'm in love with you I don't know if I'm supposed to date you I don't know how this is going to work um that was it that was the end of the message and he then responded very kindly responded to me he was like I'm really sorry I had no idea that you had feelings for me I don't have feelings for you I'm really paraphrasing um and that was kind of the end of it and it was really really painful and one of the things that I look back on during that time is the fact that I was very, very quick to tell a lot of people who I felt were close to me a lot of details about a lot of things. And actually, I didn't consider what do I need right now? Who needs to know what's going on? And what are they saying back to me? And what is being fed back to me? And how is this affecting my feelings and my relationship? So I say this to say, if you have a crush on someone and your friends are pushing you to try and date that person, it's nice when your friends want the best for you. That's a wonderful time, but it doesn't mean that that is the best for you. I think my first thing would be tell them less, and that's okay. It doesn't mean it's a secret. It just means you don't need to know all that information. But also, if you can, if you feel comfortable, be honest and just say, hey, this really isn't helpful. Like, I don't want to date him, and I don't think it's helpful for you to keep telling me I should be dating this person and I don't know where my feelings stand. And I think, again, it, like, if you can't be honest in your friendship, is it a friendship, right? If you can't be honest with the people close to you and if the people close to you can't honour your boundaries, is it a friendship? And so that would be my thing. And I, I think similar to what I had said yesterday in the self-care thing, protect, protect yourself, protect your heart and think about who needs to know what and what do they need to know. Um, and yeah, just making sure that that's a closed circle. Hopefully that makes sense. Wow, hilarious. Okay, um, we are coming to a close. Um, I just want to wrap up. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story um, about Isabel. 
Thanks for the clapping, but you can stop. Okay. Um, the, I heard someone say once that you should be so lost in Jesus that your man of your dreams has to come and find you. Okay? Vice versa. Um, and we often in our family make jokes about Isabel. Isabel alluded to this earlier and said she's never knowingly been on a date. She has actually been on a date. She just didn't know three. She didn't actually know she was on a date. Um, and, and literally what happened was somebody invited her on a date and she was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, let's go to the cinema. And the person that she talked about earlier who stopped talking to her and wasn't very nice to her was the person that she went on a date with and he was very confused as to why they went on a date and he was still in the friend zone because he thought they'd gone on a date um, and I say that to say it's funny in our family because we say you know if God ever decide, decide, decided that Isabel's uh, trajectory should change and she should be married the person would have to explain to her very, very clearly um, in some sort of clear contract for her to recognize what was actually being said. Um, and there's some of that, it's funny in our family, we joke about it a lot, but there's something about choosing Jesus and choosing Jesus' purpose and destiny and having your eyes fixed on him. There is, there is wins. There are only wins in living like that and then actually what else happens happens the other stuff will happen you don't have to strive for it to happen it will happen but focusing and setting your heart and mind on Jesus is the win all the way and if we encourage you to do nothing else today what we what we so desperately want desperately really desperately want for every single young person in this room and every grown-up too is that your eyes are fixed on Jesus and that the relationship stuff is like, ha, whatever because this is the relationship that is going to give me everything I need not bits of it everything I need Jesus, thank you for this lot here thank you that you satisfy before anything else nothing else compares to you i pray that this lot would know that i pray that i would know that more i pray you would bless us abundantly i pray we would go home and just or go back to camp and eat eat lunch and be be satisfied food wise i pray we'll come back again ready for tonight as well i pray you just protect this lot get them some good night's sleep and yeah just I pray you'll be glorified through how they handle the opposite sex as well, Jesus. Come on. Amen. Amen.